What's one of the most spectacular things you can do for almost nothing? It's to plan to look at something that is as simple as a sunset. As simple as a sunset. One of the best outcomes that I can remember in the years that I was an activity director was on the longest day of the year. It was 2002. It was still early spring, raining. I was trying to plan things out for April, May, June, and beyond. And it came to me. It would cost almost nothing. It might work. And if it did work, if the weather cooperated, we could go to a place and watch a sunset, not just any sunset, but on the longest day of the year. So marking it on the calendar for June 21st, I figured that I needed to plan ahead to figure out where would we watch it. Well, here's the criteria. It had to be facing west, of course. It had to be a place away from the city so we don't have a lot of distracting noises. It had to be a place that we could drive to, get off the bus, some in walkers, maybe wheelchairs. So it had to be flat. They couldn't hike somewhere to find just the right spot. So I started scouting. So as I found spots, I then realized that, wait a second, what about restrooms? So I thought, where could we be away from the city, have a restroom, uh, I guess a parking lot of some kind? And then it came to me, there must be a state park of some kind that, uh, wait, wait, there's a wildlife refuge just south of Salem within about a 15-minute drive. So I headed straight for the Ankeny Wildlife Refuge. And there it was. It was perfect. So with a few phone calls asking if we could get permission, the location was in place, the date was in place, even the time. I looked up what time the sun would go down, calculated how long it would take to get there comfortably and get settled and get what turned out to be all the ladies in their chairs ready to watch something as simple as a sunset. The June 21st trip to watch the sunset was in place. Just before the calendar went out, I realized that this might be one that would surprise people by having an activity that started at 8 p.m. So sure enough, as soon as the calendar came out, one person after another came up and asked, what is this? Who would go on a trip that late? What is the sunset? So I asked this very simple question. When was the last time that you really looked at a sunset, really watched it? And a few answered, oh, just the other night. But when I asked them how long they spent watching it, did they just notice it out the window or, or just glance out a car window? I jokingly told them that that doesn't count. And then I got a reaction when I asked one of them, what's the one favorite sunset of your entire life? Which one do you remember? If you had to choose one, which one would it be? Once I got that first reaction, I used that with everyone who asked about this unusual trip scheduled for June 21st that began so late in the evening. One of the elements that made the sunset trip so successful 
was surprise and uncertainty. They knew that the goal was to watch a sunset on the longest day of the year, but we did not reveal where we were going. All we told them was to dress for a chill because when the sun goes down, it'll get a little bit chilly. And so off we went. The clipper, that's the name of the bus, was packed. Every seat was full. There was a waiting list. We had one chair for each of the ladies. We drove out to the Ankeny Wildlife Refuge, got the ladies settled, and started watching the sky, chatting, talking, seeing birds. Look at that, look at that, look at that. Then about 20 minutes before the actual sunset over the coast range, car drove up, and that's the next surprise for this trip. About a month before the trip, I called the Salem Statesman Journal, the local newspaper, and pitched a story to them. I had learned that if you're going to do some event and it might have some value to have an uplifting story, I asked if they were going to do a longest day of the year story, and they said they weren't sure. But keep in mind that if you have something that's creative and you're doing an activity that might be unusual and you have a local paper, it doesn't matter how big it is or small it is, they might be interested. So what do you have to lose? And if you do call up a local paper, make sure you don't wait to the last minute because somebody else called two weeks ahead or a month ahead and said, I've got a good idea for the St. Patrick's Day story or for the shortest day or longest day of the year. What's the benefit, though, of going to the effort of asking a paper if they'd like to print something about an activity? Here's what we learned over and over again. When the world of these older residents has shrunk to their room and their community, and there's an article about that community in the newspaper, let alone their names are in the newspaper, that makes a huge difference in their self-image that they are doing something in the now. It really does have a ripple effect through the community, through the staff, and spills over to the families. And when an activity director or a life enrichment director, you have to have a positive attitude and make a call or send an email with a thought process that starts with, if I don't make the call, the answer is always no. Or as salesmen used to say, I'd rather be one for a hundred than zero for zero. So the reporter and the photographer were introduced to all the ladies. They did some, uh, got some quotes. They took some photos. And then about five minutes before the sun actually hit the crest of the coast range, the three of us stood behind the ladies. Everybody was silent. And there was no sounds except the sounds of the birds. And then in the last few moments, the photographer aimed his camera from behind to catch the group, looking at that last ray of the sun as it came through. And that was the money shot. That was the one that was in the newspaper the next day. The very last rays of the sun disappeared over the coast range and Within moments, one and then two of the ladies 
looked at the three of us and then one of them said, what do we do now? I kind of grinned at her and said loud enough for everybody to hear. What are you looking at me for? The sun says that way. Where the sun had been and said, the sunset's over there. It just started and now you don't have to squint. So for almost an hour, we just sat and looked. We watched the sun change colors. Several pointing out different parts of the sky. Look at that. Oh, look over there. And then I heard Georgia. She turned around and smiled at me and pointed up at some clouds and said, look at that. That's a perfect blue sky pink. And I said, it's a what? She said, blue sky pink. That's what we called it as kids. Every time there was a sunset that we could watch, we'd sit down and watch it and the whole family would look for that one color. Didn't come up all the time, she said, but but we were on the lookout for it. We wanted to be the first one to see blue sky pink. I took that in, looked at that point in the sky and thought, every time Georgia looked at that blue sky pink, it was sort of like a time machine. It must have taken her back to her family. And now every time that I see a sunset with the clouds that are just right, I actually start looking for a blue sky pink. And just as Georgia said, it doesn't happen every time. But when it does happen, it takes me back to that night with those ladies at that wildlife refuge. So the next time that you see a sunset, there has to be clouds in the sky for this to work. I want to challenge you to find a little patch of Georgia's blue sky pink, a color that I don't believe exists anywhere in nature. 